You're listening to episode 25 of Brave and Boss season two. I'm your host, Christy, and today I'm digging into the juiciest topic ever, which is how I paid myself as an entrepreneur. So let's dig in. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hey, welcome back to Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder of the ethical fashion brand Encircled and host of this podcast. Um, I'm really happy to be talking about this topic today because I think money is something that comes up very often when I'm talking to coaching clients as well as when I'm um, generally speaking to people who are starting their businesses because a lot of us especially, um, you know, if you're over, if you're not, you know, Mark Zuckerberg starting Facebook out of your dorm room, you've likely had a job and, you know, maybe you've worked in corporate for a little while. So you're used to getting a salary. So the idea of building your own business and making the leap into that can be very stressful. So I'm going to take you through, um, how I started paying myself and give you guys some options that you can think about as well. Um, I want to give you guys a bit of a reality check on what it's like to work for yourself. Um, but also hopefully sprinkle in some hope there as well. Cause I know that money is a very stressful topic and for sure it is definitely a concern of being your own boss, but quite honestly, it's not the number one concern I had when I actually quit my job. So Let's dig into a little bit more about my entrepreneurial journey so that can hopefully help you see where I'm at and figure out how you can get to paying yourself what you want to pay yourself um, at some point in time in the near future in your business. All right. So some of you may know that when I started my ethical fashion line, I was working full time. So I was not only in a full time job, I was traveling um, and I was working somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 80 hours a week fairly regularly. So I really only worked on Encircled on the weekends. And that was like a lot of work. Obviously, it was very busy, but I still had my corporate salary and I had a really good gig at the time. I had a great salary, great benefits. Um, and it was really nice, to be honest. Like looking back on it, I think I took it for granted. Um, I was able to save money. I was able to put money into my RRSP, which is similar to a 401k. Um, I had sold my condo uh, to put the money into the business, but I was living in a really nice rental in the same building. Um, I was enjoying a great lifestyle, quite honestly. I don't have any dependents at the time. I think I had a cat. I didn't even have my dog yet. Um, so, you know, I was living the life, um, throwing parties and going out to restaurants and, you know, just, you know, living my normal life. And then I decided... Well, the business decided for me that I needed to quit my job. And I'll tell you that point, I've talked about it in a couple of other episodes, but that point was really important because 
I often get asked when the right time is to quit your job. And that is a very individual question. So that's something I can't answer. And for sure, um, it was even difficult for me to answer for myself. So me answering that question for you would be even harder because I don't know your financial situation, your background, et cetera, et cetera. But I can tell you from my experience, the point where I wanted to quit my job, it just became the fact that the business was growing really fast and I couldn't keep up with it having a day job. And I knew that if I wanted to really have this business take off, that I would need to put more time into it. And so it was kind of like one of those moments where it's like, okay, do you do this or do you give this up? And I just realized, you know, I didn't, I wasn't ready to give up my business ideas. So I quit my job. Um, it sounds really simple, but I actually quit my job three times and they talked me back into it. Um, two of the three times. So I, you know, it, it's really when you're ready to do it. And I definitely recommend, obviously, I'm a more conservative entrepreneur. And I think I talk about that a lot on the podcast, but I recommend saving up. You know, for me, I wanted six months of living expenses in the bank. Um, that was really important to me because I didn't know when I was going to be able to pay myself. Because even though the business was growing in the top line, we we're still not very profitable on the bottom line. So I knew that taking a lot of money out of the business was going to be a challenge. So the first thing I did when I quit my job was I started, um, I actually did start another business and that's going to sound a little crazy. Um, but that is the business that runs the podcast that you're listening to today, uh, retail bliss consulting. So I actually started a consult, another side gig too <laughs> encircled, um, which sounds insane, but I knew I was quitting my job and I knew I couldn't get money out of encircled. And I knew, you know, now that I have all this time to work on encircled, I'd maybe at least have a few extra hours a week and I could do some consulting. Um, so I started taking on like freelance coaching, consulting clients, and I was definitely not charging a rate that I should have been charging, but you know, it was still money coming in. So that was something that really helped me from the get go. I did set out up as a separate business. Um, at the beginning, you know, I treated it, um, and Encircle was treated as a sole proprietorship, which in Canada means that all of your expenses can be deducted off your corporate income. But once I quit my job and I didn't really have income, it was a bit of a different situation. So enter Retail Bliss Consulting, getting some clients, working with some clients. I was charging to one of my longer term clients, $20 an hour. So coming from a corporate background where I was charging my rate out at you know, $300 an hour to clients. It was a bit humbling for sure, but at least it was cash flow. Now I had also made a huge RRSB contribution, um, in my last year of employment. And in Canada, you get a portion of that back with your tax refund. So I was able to get that back. And basically that's kind of what I lived off for the first, um, year of, you know, not working, not paying myself out of encircled. And it worked okay. The problem is my rent was very high where I was living. Um, and also I think because I came from, you know, a really nice job and I had a nice lifestyle, I wasn't really hitting reality checks. So I was still kind of living that lifestyle with no income coming in, which is problematic, obviously, if you do the math. So it took me a little bit to adjust to that. And pretty much after a year of living that lifestyle, I realized I needed to move to cut my living expenses because I was running out of money. Um, so that for me was a little bit pivotal in my experience. And I kind of continued on like that, just, you know, taking money kind of out of retail bliss as I was doing consulting and not really paying myself through encircled. 
When I hired my first employee at Encircled, which was in, I think, let me think when I signed my lease, 2015, I think is when I hired my first employee. And I realized that (laughs) I needed to start paying myself because I'm paying somebody else. And if I'm paying somebody else in my business, there was something very psychological about that, that like, why am I working for free? So I started paying myself basically minimum wage, which isn't great, but it's something. And basically what I was trying to do was to get myself in the process of setting up a payroll, paying employees and becoming, you know, some, an expense to the business. Because as you start your business, this is often what I see. And this is part of my experience as well. But oftentimes when we build our costs, we don't build human cost into it. So sometimes people think they're making a lot of money, but then they realize, you know what, I'm not drawing a salary. So yeah, I'm making $5,000 a month in profit, but I'm not being paid. So that's something to think about. And oftentimes now when I see startups, because there's a lot of startups in the space that I'm in ethical fashion and I see their pricing. And just because I know I've been in the industry, I know how much it costs to make a product and I know how much the fabric costs because we're buying from similar suppliers. And I just know that with the margin they're making on that product, that they're not going to be able to pay themselves. And I definitely underpriced my products from the beginning as well, um, which had to come up eventually um, because we just couldn't make any money. So I started paying myself minimum wage and that's okay. But again, it's very stressful coming from a lifestyle where, you know, all of your friends are lawyers and stuff like that and who have like big lifestyles. And I'll never forget this one moment where I went out for dinner. Like I literally had no money. I had no money in my bank account and I wasn't drinking. I had contracted a UTI or something awful like that. So I had, I was on antibiotics or I had like strep throat or something. And it was my friend's birthday and they wanted to go to this really expensive restaurant in Toronto. And I was like, okay, I guess I could go, but I'll just, I'm not drinking. So that's cool. And then I'm just going to like order, like I was on some weird, like paleo diet. So I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to order my own food, whatever. And then, um, all the girls were drinking. There was like maybe six or seven of them. And, uh, the bill came and, you know, I, it was somebody's birthday. That's right. So they're like, we should pay for, you know what, guys, let's just like split it like eight ways or whatever. And I was kind of like, fuck, I don't really want to split this bill because A, I don't have any money. B, intentionally, I wasn't drinking and eating. Like I'm happy to contribute towards this person's birthday, but I didn't want to make a stink out of it because I didn't want, I was kind of honestly a bit ashamed that I wasn't making any money. And anyways, it was a very awkward situation. I don't know if anybody's been in one of these situations where people want to split the bill and you're like, but I only had like one drink. Um, and these girls were ordering bottles of wine and martinis and stuff like that. So I didn't really speak up for myself and I ended up having to pay an equal share of the bill, even though I probably ate like $30 in food, I paid $120 and I was just sick to my stomach because I knew that I had no money um, right now. And I just put on my credit card and I was like, okay, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. So I definitely had moments in my entrepreneurial journey where it was very stressful and it was very humbling or embarrassing because I felt like I was less than because I didn't have those salaries that my friends had. And I can tell you that now I see things a little bit differently, but for sure, if you feel like that, it's totally normal because you're coming from 
you know, you're following your passion, you're following your heart, and it's not instant. Despite what you see on the internet, people don't generally build a business and post one photo on Instagram and have $1 million in sales the next day. You know who did that? Khloe Kardashian. But like, that's Khloe Kardashian. Um, you know, it's like not realistic for most people. So you have to kind of embrace the fact that your entrepreneurial journey is going to be rocky. And if you're one of those people who can't deal with the anxiety and stress of not paying yourself, make sure you save up lots of money before you quit your job. So I kind of continued on like that for a little while. And then, uh, we took on an initial round of equity investment in circled. I sold a small portion of my business to, um, a social purpose investor, and that enabled me to infuse the business with capital. And one of the things he actually mentioned when I was probably maybe about six months into the business um, was about my salary. He was curious as to how much I was paying myself and how I was able to live on minimum wage. And actually, the funny thing is, is that at the time, I was actually starting to um, qualify for all these like trillium tax benefits and stuff like that, which in Ontario are meant for people from low income categories. Like that's literally how little I was paying myself. And my investor was like, you can't, you can't have a lifestyle like this. And this must be so stressful for you not being able to afford, um, your rent and all this kind of stuff. Um, so he created a plan with me to increase my salary, um, you know, that year. And then, you know, the next year, if the business grew, we could increase it to this and then to the next thing. So I essentially became a salaried employee of my business. I know not everybody does it this way, but because when you have an investor, you have a lot of different options. Um, for me, it was just easiest to become a salaried employee that brought me a lot less anxiety. Some people will just take a draw from what's left over from the profits. Like they'll pay themselves essentially dividends, which you have to pay tax. In a lot of ways, a lot of these options, I think in the US and Canada, it's very similar. Like, you know, it's not better or worse, it's just different. So like if you are an employee, you have to contribute to like CBP and stuff like that, Canadian pension plan, um, and you're taxed at source. Whereas if you pay dividends to yourself, you'll have to pay the tax later you know, it kind of all comes out in the wash. It's just depending on your financial situation. It's very individual. So that's why I definitely recommend getting a good accountant. But essentially my investor encouraged me to pay myself more. And that's a practice I encourage each and every one of you to build into your financial plan. Because as your business grows um, and as your team grows and as your responsibility grows, if you don't want to be working in your business forever, you need to start to get your business used to paying employees. And that's really critical. And so that's why when I talk about a lot of stuff that I've talked about in a couple of recent episodes, which is like hiring out stuff, it's really scary to hire employees, but nothing is scarier than just going at it for five years and realizing you're still packing all the orders and you could have grown the business, but you were too scared to hire an employee. So hiring out that administrative stuff will enable you to focus on maybe more of the creative stuff, the marketing stuff, and then your business can start to grow. And maybe you're paying that person, you know, minimum wage or whatnot. Maybe you're paying yourself minimum wage, but as that grows, you'll be able to pay yourself more. So definitely build into your financial plans, your salaries, um, not only for your employees, but for yourself. Um, or if you want to do dividends or whatever, if you like that model, but it's very important because at the end of the day, if you want to remove yourself from the business, the business has to be used to paying somebody to do the responsibilities that you have. So I'm not quite there yet where I'm making a salary of a CEO of a business, 
but I'm doing okay now, um, which is great. But, you know, would you be able to hire somebody? This is going to sound egotistical, but would you be able to hire somebody of my caliber and experience in this role for this business at this salary? Probably not. But I can see where I want to go. I can see like where I want my salary to be in like the next couple of years. And I'm going to work towards that with the intention that eventually I will, um, you know, go onto the board and I won't necessarily be the CEO anymore. I'll just be the founder and, you know, chairman on the board. Um, because I don't want to be the CEO of Encircle Forever, not because I don't love the business, but because, um, you know, that's maybe not the best. I'm probably not the best person at a certain stage of the business to be a CEO. So the business where it is today, it's great. But you know, when it's circle goes to like a $20 million business, I'm probably not the best person for that job. So, um, the business again has to get used to paying people. So think about that when you're building your financial forecast. And if that word financial forecast just scared you a lot, um, definitely go back and listen to a couple of episodes where I talk about cash flow and stuff like that. But when you're projecting how much, um, sales you're going to do next year and, you know, all of your goals and stuff like that, build your salary cost in there. Even if it's not where you want to be, um, put something in there because you need to be able to create a business that can support you and pay your employees um, because it's not sustainable to work without a salary for a long period of time. I've heard of people doing it for five years. And quite frankly, I don't know how you do that without running yourself into massive debt, unless you have a lot of family money or a partner who's supporting you completely, which I can imagine must be very stressful as well. So make sure you build that into your forecasts and get that done. Everybody's journey is going to be different. Some people, they'll pay themselves after one year. Some people after six months, some after three years. Try not to judge yourself. Just be realistic about it. And, you know, it's very difficult to come out of corporate and say, like, I often see like coaches saying, like, I'm going to match my corporate salary in year one. I'm like, that's a great goal, but that's like really ambitious. So why not start with like, you know, maybe... Uh, matching your salary when you first graduated university and then maybe matching your third job. Like start yourself off small so that you can celebrate those wins as you achieve them and that will keep you motivated to keep going. Um, so that's a little insight into how I pay myself as an entrepreneur. Um, right now, I still have the consulting firm running, obviously, because you're listening to this podcast. Um, this podcast is produced by that that company. Um, obviously it's a cost for me to do this podcast, which is totally fine because I love doing it. Um, but I still do some coaching and stuff like that. It's pretty unusual that I do, but I do a little bit through that company and I have one big main client that I work with there as well. But I can tell you that you have to, financial stuff is so icky for people to talk about. That's why I wanted to talk about it today, but you have to do what's best for you ultimately. And you know, but I would say there is a lot of sacrifice that goes into entrepreneurship and you have to be ready to take on that sacrifice. And that can change at any day or any time. It's, it's a very volatile position to be in and businesses are very volatile. So you need to be ready and prepared to pay yourself. And then, you know what, if you can't make payroll, guess who's not getting paid? Probably you. So, you know, I've had to not pay myself a couple of times out of payroll in the history of Encircled because I want to pay my employees first. So that's the sacrifice you make as an owner operator is not always, you know, you kind of eat last and that's unfortunate, but especially when you have other employees, that's a strategy that's like really important because 
you're going to stay on working on the business, but your employees aren't if you can't pay them. Um, so that's my best advice for paying yourself. And hopefully you liked that deep dive into kind of behind the scenes of my entrepreneurial structure of how I pay myself. And here's to your abundance and hopefully carving yourself out a salary out of your business in the next year. Good luck with that. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com where you can find all the show notes, free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.